Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Why don't you be seated? I'm going to share from Genesis 38. And I don't think we can go through the whole story. You know, I think we're all learning to express what we've been shown for our futures. And sometimes our futures feels like a great big burden, doesn't it? If we're really honest, we're really authentic. We just feel like, I can't do this. But we're learning to live from the right place and each day take on new disciplines. Okay? So I want to talk about two things. One is about breaking forth, because many of us are waiting for the breaking forth. This is going to be a very practical message, actually. I need much more space than this. Tiddly little thing. (laughs) Or I'll just do it from my gut. Okay, so we're learning to break forth. But we're also going to look at what it means to declare. So there are two kind of dynamics. One is we're breaking forth into the place that God's already from day one, planned and destined and ordained us to walk in. Amen? Don't look at me like that, some of you. I've come a long way. A long way. Even Roddy remembers, what, 34 years, is it? Gosh, that's a long time. (laughs) To be with the same pair of pants. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Again. Well, your mother said it to me, right? Or to you or to one of us, I don't know. But it is a long time. I mean, we used to in those days, in the 60s days, think it was long if you'd been with someone for six months, let alone 34 years. But we have something special. So I want us to look at while we're waiting on God. How many of you are waiting on God? I'm waiting on God. Yeah, big time, because I know something huge is going to break forth. And I've moved my little desk, my IKEA desk, out into the back kitchen where I can just be alone with God and the dogs, because they won't leave me alone and they fight over me, whatever. But God wants you to be faithful as you wait. Okay, there's something about the diligence the obedience of being faithful and doing your work well. And then people see God's hand on you. Amen? Okay. So I don't think I actually have time to read all this story, but it's basically the story. If you look over in the beginning of uh, Genesis 38, it's the story of Judah and he met Oh, I can't read it. He met this woman anyway, Canaanite woman, and he took her as his wife in verse 2. And in verse 3, she became pregnant. Uh. <laughs> Called him Uh. I think that's funny. I thought that was funny when I read it. Uh. Imagine having a son and you call him Uh. <laughs> Don't tell Jamie I said that. And then she had another boy, and she called him Onan. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> And then she had a third child, 
that took a bit more time growing up. But anyway, it's a story that really does bear reading. And I'm not going to read through it all because I just feel like God wants to say some things to you. We are having remarkable times where we're coming into this place of honoring his presence, respecting his presence, learning how to wait and not get frustrated and declaring that our blessings are on the way. Huh? And it's not always easy because sometimes Monday afternoon you don't really feel like doing that and a wave will come of negativity and you have to rise up because you remember what you heard or what you read. Hopefully you're all having good time in the morning in your devotion time. But I just, I want to point this out because I'm reading through Genesis in my private time in the mornings and it's really good to just read through, not be in a hurry to try and read the whole book in a year or a day or a week or whatever. Just do what God says to you. Remember, I've taught about overcoming, and God is actually expecting of us to overcome every situation. So he's given you a word of promise for your future. He's come back into your now, and you just have to wait and walk it out and be faithful. Some of it's going to break. There are going to be a lot of suddenlies, and we suddenly find ourselves in new places, new positions, New houses, new jobs, all kinds of new things that are happening. But the principles of the kingdom of giving, of receiving, of waiting on God, of obeying him, that's what you have to remind yourself. God's called you to love each other. He's called you to that. It's not an, it's not an invitation. It's thus saith. It's like that's what the Lord requires of each of you, to love each other, to forgive each other to stay blessed and believe the best, okay? He's called us without a shadow of doubt to overturn any worry or lack. There's something unique on this fellowship. People that weren't prospering a couple of years back are prospering. Huh? It's happening. Jobs and better jobs are happening. Raises and increase and all kinds of money coming. It's happening. Never mind if in the natural it looks like you're being diminished. God knows what he's doing. So basically what kind of hit me about this story is verse uh, 28, I think it is. Perhaps you can put that up. We'll just jump that. But please read this story because it's so interesting. God has the most remarkable way of showing up. So here's this woman, okay, who got herself pregnant by sitting and acting like a harlot at the gate and then running and hiding. She disguised herself because she was the daughter-in-law of Judah. And then she slept with him. And when she was in labor, one baby put out his hand. Now, I just want to say something. We're expecting God to do everything. He's actually expecting us to go after our own breakthrough, too. I did not want to go again. You do not want to go again. I can't tell you how many times I have written the story, different directions of my life, my testimony of the 60s and 70s, the music business. But God was very clear. I want you to go again. And I've been working with a developmental, development editor. She's mental. Development. (laughs) She is. Well, she is to work with me. Hello. So anyway, (laughs) she's a development editor. 
And she's done really good, but she's critiquing and critiquing and pulling apart things, making me put my mind back to 40, 50 years ago to think it through, to, to realize what I'm saying. And look, I've had to reach out, and I want you to see something here. You're all expecting a breakthrough. We all are, big, small, and different levels. You see yourself much more prosperous. You see yourself in places of authority. You see yourself influencing others. Come on, it's not just me. We are a family. And uh, I get alone with God, and it just looks so huge. It looks so huge, this media mountain. And actually, I didn't realize I was kind of frightened of it because it was so big. How can I make a difference? How can my book, how can my story make a difference? Start to pull apart the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But the Beatles were on a mission. They were on an assignment worldwide to bring messages that were relevant You just think about those songs. They're relevant today, and they were relevant then. They were much more relevant then, though we didn't really understand it. Our church is going to be bringing forth songs and music. It's just going to totally arrest the outside world. People haven't discovered who we are, thank God, because we're still being positioned. That we're people who are set apart. We're chosen. We're holy unto the Lord. Yeah, we're not frightened like this baby wasn't frightened to put out his hand. And look what the midwife did. She took his hand and she bound on it a scarlet thread, the covenant saying, this baby was born first. But actually the baby went back in. That's really weird. Sometimes you think, okay, my breakthrough is going to happen. It could be today. It could be this week. When Jesus' last words to me, when I had been taken up out of my body, gone to heaven, I said, you can't leave me. You know, and and I had no power to bring Jamie up. And at that time, I was responsible as a single parent for my son, who in those days was, I don't know, four or five. And Jesus just said, my time of coming is at hand. Do you know... Every day of my life for 10 years, I literally thought I was surprised. He didn't come that day. I heard messages that he couldn't come yet. I heard messages that he could come, that everything was fulfilled. Now I just don't really live my life like thinking about that. I live my life day by day asking, what do you need of me to do today? What's important? So he says, pray for Michael Brown. Pray for Rene. Pray. I'm like, I haven't really not prayed. But, you know, there are different people that come to your spirit to pray because God wants you to be here to receive an impartation. And it's the way God's doing things is completely different from anything we've ever done before or seen before. And we're trying to learn a methodology of I don't know, fire tunnels, you name it, everybody praying for everybody else. It's like we're all trying to figure out, what do you want to do? And he's not really saying. He's looking. He's looking deep down in the heart. And, you know, this little baby had a lot of boldness because he stuck his hand out. He was after it. 
I kind of feel like you already know what's in your heart. You just need to put your hand out there. Huh? You just need to reach out. Somebody's going to say you're in covenant and have a, you have an understanding. You have a red ribbon on your hand or your arm. You can put your hand back in. It's okay. So this baby was born, Perez. And then a second child was born because they were twins. And it's kind of interesting to me that um, I want you to go over to Job 22. Whoopsie. It's kind of interesting to me because I think, you know, Father, let your plan be developed in me. Let me be bold. Let me go after. I, I know that some of the Beatles have already gone. John Lennon was taken out. George Harrison died of cancer. You know, there was a time when he lived up the road in Henley, and I used to think, oh, my gosh, I'm probably going to go in those gates one day and just tell them about Jesus. But it never happened. And maybe you get, like, just before you came up singing, I had this song come up in me, and I was singing, oh, I love you, I love you, and I know you love me. And it was wonderful. And then you came up and sang your song. We weren't judging, we weren't judging any technique or anything. We were listening to her heart. Huh? And that's going to happen more and more within us. I don't know how God wants us all to express our love for him, but he wants us to. And whether it's like that baby reaching its hand to come out and then taking it back. You know, how many of you taken your hand back? Yeah, thank you for your honesty. I know I put my hand out and I thought I was done. You know, maybe sometimes you think with a song, well, I'm done with that now. I don't want to do that again. But no, you're not. Lucy has a real grace from God to express God's heart and to call things into season. You didn't sing that this morning, but that's what what we're going to talk about. Calling your future into the now. So look with me at Job 22 for a minute, and let me show you something that God had me do. Perhaps you can get that video ready. I didn't really want to show it before, but I want to show you, because it was actually kind of nerve-wracking for me. I'm a person that likes to stay in the corner. I like to know what I'm doing, because I can go all over the place. Okay, fine. Leave it. I just fling you my notes. I did print notes out. Look, I'm nearly getting as good as you, but I'll never be you. I got to be myself. I'll never be Rod Anderson. I'll be Rod Anderson's wife. Okay. <laughs> and I'll stick with that. But um, do you want to show that video? I want to just talk for a second. I want you to understand something. God was dealing with me about calling forth my blessings. And I know there's a call on my life to pray. I know I must pray what God wants prayed, not what public opinion says about praying. And I know that's been around Parliament a lot. And God said to me a long time ago, if you'll be faithful at the political gate, I'll take you to the media gate. And I said, thanks a lot. I don't want either. I don't want the political gate. I don't like all that rigidity. That's not me. And I don't want the media because I had actually fear working 
in me, first, I think it's uh, Corinthians 69, says a great door of effect, Paul said a great door of effectual services opened unto me, but with it many adversaries. So I had more faith in the adversaries. I had more faith. How on earth? Can God change the music on the streets, the music in the world? You know I want to rent Hyde Park. I, want, I, do, I just see it with the anointing. It's not names of big stars and people, <clears throat> but it's the anointing to change this city. The anointing to go all the way down Oxford Street and to really, really change things. It's not about a big name, Christian or non or secular, it's about God. And I have a passion to see that. And I, it looks a long way from it because I don't know how much it would cost. I could care less. It's not my deal. It's his deal. And I don't want to have to take care of the money. John likes doing stuff like that. And other people, her accountants, like to do that kind of stuff. I don't like having to do that stuff. I don't like the project management stuff. You're welcome. You're so welcome. I so embrace you. Oh. And talking to Christians is actually harder sometimes than people in the world because Christians can be really selective. The bigger they are, the bigger they want. Or they have hurts from years ago before you ever came on the scene and they take it out on you and you're like, huh? <laughs> What's that all about? Sure, I have the best room. What do I care? Just want somewhere to sleep. So God began to deal with me about the theater world, and he began to deal with me about Hyde Park. And the day we went to Hyde Park, Debbie, actually, our friend, Debbie Porsche, took us there, and this war horse was walking around. And some of you probably heard my message on horses and how God had really dealt with me about several years back when we lived out in High Wycombe about driving in and out, about being a war horse and keep going after your dream. You know, I hadn't read this in Genesis about stretching your hand out and reaching out, but I just knew God was teaching me. He was making me relevant. And this war horse came up, and I was trying to do a selfie. I think I'm cool, but you don't have to tell me I'm not because I know I'm not. But anyway, I was trying to do a selfie, and I had the phone the wrong way around, so I got the phone right. At least I can impress Jamie or someone. So I finally got, and all these people are laughing at me, and I'm like, Okay, great. You can laugh at me. What do I care? So they laughed at me. So suddenly I felt like there's something behind me and there was this big wooden war horse and it tapped me on the head. And I thought, how cheeky is that? So I turned around, looked at this horse and God said, do you think out of 45,000 people, it was an accident. I had the war horse come over to you. Now, would you just get on with it? I just got cold shivers. And well, could you put a few million in the bank so I can get started? Nothing. Nothing. Haven't heard from heaven since, other than <laughs> had that dream. Had that dream. But it was so bizarre because you ask, you know, God kind of encourages you to do something and you go, okay, but I need this, this, and this. And then it's like heaven just goes somewhere else and you no longer feel connected. <clears throat> but what happened was really remarkable because actually I had a meeting with um, someone who knows how to rent Hyde Park and what it takes to do it for a couple of years, knows the people and has 
you know, we've been making some progress. But I said to God, I better pray about this. And he said, yeah, you really better. Because until the music is popular, you're not doing it. It won't be successful. I thought, ouch. So why do I get excited about music in here and doing things? And the theater, we went, I mean, it was such a blessing to go to the theater and be paid given tickets for Christmas present to go see Hamilton. And I was, oh, I was so excited. So we went to see Hamilton, but I came out and I thought, well, it was great, but there were no takeaway songs. Sorry, but there weren't. And because I said that, I knew it was time that God is dealing with theaters. And within one week, the last seven days after our fast, I heard about two theaters that are for sale. And more than we have in our budget. But I'm just aware that God is on the move with us. So on our monthly video blog, I said to Chris, let's go over to Covent Garden. So I just want to show it to you. I'm not trying to promote myself. Why don't you just show it now? It'll perhaps make more sense to you. Hello, I'm Julie Anderson. I'm with the Prayer Foundation. And now... This month, we've chosen to come and film here in London at Covent Garden. A lot of people, really most of the people who come here, of course, people work here in the daytime, but this area is known for entertainment. And I believe it's time for us as intercessors to pray for the media gate, uh, or we can call it the entertainment gate. But I just want to say that this is a crucial time now, the second month of this new year, to pray because the media very much dictates what we listen to, what we hear, and what we might believe. But I am a believer in God and God's Word. And the Hebraic calendar this month talks about calling forth your blessings, your destiny, your blessings. Call it forth and don't be, don't be afraid. Just call it forth. So, that's, that's one point I want to just make really clear. I want you to just rise up and be strong and call your blessings forth. Second thing is, I want you to decree, decide and decree, because the Bible says in Job 22, remember a lot of things happened to Job. A lot of bad things happened, but he just kept going. Okay, and in verse, I think it's chapter 22 in verse 28, whatever a thing you decide and you decree, it will be established for you. So let me pray for you this one in Jesus' name. So Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that here we are, here we're standing, on site with insight, typical day in London in February. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you are changing things, that your armies of angels are invading this whole area with goodness. I thank you, Father. Goodness is in our future. Good things are in our future. And so we just pray in the name of Jesus. Come on. Like, I'm not going to be just the way, it's not going to be the way it is. Life changes when you pray. So in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for this entertainment gate, this media gate. We thank you that we will decide and decree that your kingdom is coming through. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> so, turn over to Job 22. 
So many of you are saying, well, I've been waiting on God, waiting on God. Okay, well, stretch out your hand. Put your hand out for that dream and call it into being. Okay? Because it's like your faith being activated. Now, how are we going to do this? And we're going to look at much more next week about declarations. I've written a little book on declarations, which um, Sheila had in the back, and she brought it up for me here. I should give this to someone. I should do the thing. Who wants to who wants to learn more about declarations? Okay, I see that hand. Who is that? You here. <laughs> no. Okay, now this is about prayer watchers. Who wants this one? No, you're not having it. You you're not having it. No. Sorry. Sorry, I'm learning. Forgive me, next week I'm going to teach from above it all a bit. But I'm going to teach you a bit about this declaration. Because the thing about declarations is, and it was very, very difficult for me to go and stand in the middle of the road in Covent Garden, get Covent Garden in the background. I know these videos go out to about five or 6,000 people. I don't know who they are. I think about 800 or 1,000 people actually open the videos. We can tell a little bit. But I'm trying to build people up, and I'm saying, you know, if God's put all things under our feet, and we come in a church service with a 100 people, and we say, please, no, God's put all things under your feet. Well, when does it come to the place that we see it? When does the music in the sanctuary become popular in the streets? Huh? Because we pray. And so, Father, we thank you for decreeing things to London. Behold your God. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that we are overturning lack and worry and any concern we have for the future. We're just turning you over. We thank you. However it comes, money comes to us. Come on. Come on. Because we have been given power in the earth to bind and loose. We've been given the power to use your name. Your name above any other name. Above cancer. Above liver. Above stuff. We thank you. We are the healed of the Lord. And we're not afraid to declare it. Because the Bible's very clear here. Go over to Job 22 and look at it. It starts in verse 21 and it finishes in verse 30. Pick a verse. Acquaint now yourself with him and agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will and be at peace. And by that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. That means be at peace. I remember the first time I read this. I lived in Brentwood in Los Angeles, and I thought, it's the first time I ever read that. And I was going to have lunch with John Walker, who I was married to, Jamie's biological father. I mean, 40, 50 years ago. And I thought, how weird. And God began to show me, receive, I pray you, the law and instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. And at the time I was learning the word. I was learning to pray the word. I was learning what God had to say. 
about situations. Why do we make declarations? Because we do, because God's got a plan for us not to be afraid, not to be timid, but to be bold, to speak his words of life and offer them. God's got a plan. Rod says to be like him. He does have a plan. He's created us in his image. But I don't know about you. I got way out there. When I was walking across the living room floor to have dinner after dinner that night in Keith Richards' living room, who I guess he still is, the guitar player in the Rolling Stones, God spoke to me audibly and said, you're walking where my angels fear to tread. And I thought, huh? What do you mean? I thought angels could go anywhere. God's angels fear to tread places. You need to ask him about your life. We need to ask him what we're doing. Is, that, is this weird? Do your angels come in here? Somebody, Emmanuel saw them, I think, this morning. <coughs> yeah, they come in because we were worshiping. And they're checking out to see what we're doing. Do you think they're not with Lucy when she's riding or Bobby when she's riding, Angela when she's working or riding or thinking about things? The angels are there. Do you think the angels haven't been with David Powell? Of course they are. We have angelic help. I don't walk in here alone. You know, I've had people in Rods, we've had people tell us they see the big angels. Well, they sure better be. Some of the places I go, I need to know I'm an heir of salvation, and I need those angels to go before me. So, here's verse 23. It says, if you return to the Almighty, well, I didn't think I was away. I thought I was seeking, but, you know, it's interesting. The closer you come to God, the more you change. And you don't really do that in a church service or with other people. You really do it on your own. There's something phenomenal that happens when you get alone, whether it's for, for me, it just works first thing in the morning. And that when I get out in the kitchen, I just, things come to me because I'm, it's just me and God. And he shows me what to do. If you return to the almighty and submit and humble yourself before him, you will be built up. You will be built up. I have never gone to God and not been built up. I've never known a time where he just puts me down and makes me feel small. He always makes me. You can do it. My maiden name, Can, you can do it. You can. You're a can. You can do it. I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I used to uh, have so many arguments and conversations with God about what I couldn't do. But you know what? You come into a place where you go, Okay, it's not me doing it, it's you doing it. In my weakness, you're big. If you put away unrighteousness, far from your tents, put, put it away. What does that mean? I do the right thing. Oh, it's just too much to go into. But I know sometimes <clears throat> I do things that I don't really want to do, but I know it's the right thing to do. Just tell yourself, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. When you get hit with like all this stuff and you think, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There's so much you need the higher wisdom. 
you just start telling yourself, I'm going to do the right. I declare, Julie, you will do the right thing. If you lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir, that means the world among the stones of the brook. The world has nothing to offer me. What? A new car, a new watch, a new ring. It's just stuff. That doesn't mean anything. What, you think it's better out there? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I remember my dad saying to me, why do you need so many clothes? You can only wear one thing a day. I said, well, I just like to have the variety, I guess. You make the Almighty your gold and the Lord your precious silver treasure. The Lord is my precious treasure. That's what you do when you make a declaration. You say, you are my precious treasure. Then you will have delight. I have so much delight. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I'm so joyful. I'm so happy. I'm not a giggly person. I'm not a personality person. I'm not like that. Because the weight of what I saw up there and what I don't see down here, I carry with me daily and pray it through. It doesn't mean I get like serious and somber. It just means I feel the weight of it. Okay, but... I have delight in God. I know God's going to come through. There are some times when I say to him, could you just hurry up a bit? Like, I know you don't do that. Please. You want God to hurry up? I want him to hurry up. I would like it all to happen now and get out of here before I get much older. I would. I'd like the things that are on the inside of me to happen. But you know what? I've got to stretch out my hand. I've got to make the Almighty my precious treasure. Let's go to the next verse. I've got to make my prayer to him, and he'll hear me. Make my prayer to him. He'll, you will pay your back. You make them, but you'll pay them. You know, I remember that day we went to uh, the Hamburger Hamlet on Sunset Strip. And I so wanted in my heart John to love Jamie because he was his biological father. And you know what he said? I said, finally, I said, do you like him? He said, oh, I don't know. He's a bit like, eh, eh, eh. The poor little kid was two years old, three years old, and it was hot, and he'd been sitting there with grown-ups eating a hamburger he couldn't really care less about. And he had a little sweater on because I tried to make him look, like, presentable. And he was not comfortable. Sometimes, and I said to you, oops, in January, the word expectant. To be expectant. You need to be expectant. God is coming through big time. So whatever he says to you to do, it will happen. Whether he moves you into position, whether he moves you out of position, things are happening. They're happening right now as we're sitting here right now. But they're not always what you want to happen. Sometimes you're expectant of like way up here and then you get depressed and you wonder why you're depressed. You're depressed because your expectations are unrealistic. I really pray this week you have a good week. You think some things through. You come down to earth and you begin to understand now these last verses. You shall also decide and decree a thing. That's a huge one, making decisions. You make a decision to prosper. 
You make a decision to be healed. You make a decision to do what God wants you to do. You just, some people cannot make a decision. I mean, come on, make a decision. It's time you made it. Listen, God's going to send you to another nation. You know what? There's something that you need to learn in that nation about your prayer life and your relationship with him. It's all about me and God. It's not about me and Rod. It's about me doing what God wants me to do. And I have to tell myself that. You have to tell yourself that. You know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's going to be good. That's all I know. I don't need to know all the sophisticated things that I'm supposed to know, all the emails I should read and retain all that information. I just need to make some decisions and decree a thing. So let me ask you, what are you called to do? I know that I'm called to change this nation. I know it. I'm a nation changer. That's who I am. I don't know how. It's too big for me. I can't do it. But God, God knows. And he'll do it. So all I have to do is to make the decision. To decree a thing. I'm going to change. You're going to change the acting world. You're going to change the singing world. You're going to change. You're a nation changer. Oh, big deal. You know, you know what you're on the earth to do. And it shall be established for you. You know, some of you in here may not even have the first clue why you're on the earth. That's okay. That changed today. You're here for a reason, a good reason. Okay, not to worry, not to pick out the negatives, but to think, what can I decree? What do I decide I can bring to this table? You know, you are amazing. Most of you are just incredibly amazing. And you're already flowing in this, so you're not really learning anything new. But look what it says in verse 28. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. They changed a meeting for next week in Parliament to the same time I have a meeting already. I didn't know what to do because I'd like to be at both of them. I thought, well, I need to do the right thing. You may think, I don't know whether I'm supposed to live here or live there. You know what? God will show you because you make a decision based on the peace you have and what you can do today. It may change tomorrow. You know, but you at least make a decision. Make a decision. And let the Holy Spirit become your best friend. I don't need a prayer partner. I've got the Holy Spirit. He is my best friend. He is my comforter. He wants to comfort you. Just let him come comfort you right now. And your biggest worry. Just give it to him. Look, verse 29. When they make you low, you will say there is a lifting up. And the humble person he lifts up and saves. I have moments where I feel so sad and so lonely and so alone. You know, I just really wish this would happen or that person would pick up the phone or that something would change. 
you know, but it doesn't. And I have those moments, and I go to God. Go to the next verse, the last verse. When they make you low, he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede. Your loved ones, their healing of their hearts, their minds, who's not innocent. He will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Some of you know I told you, I guess it was last year sometime, I was praying about my book, and I thought, oh, I just got to be done, you know. And I thought, well, I heard this, uh, I heard... I heard that Bill Wyman had prostate cancer. He told me on an email, and I was totally shocked. My first reaction was like, ooh, boy, judgment is heavy. But then my second reaction was, God, what do you want me to pray? And God took me to this verse. I will deliver him through the cleanness of your hands. You know all those guys? You know all those relationships? Pray. You know all those people that concern you? that aren't in the kingdom, pray for them, intercede for them. God will deliver them if you'll ask. And I remember getting in God's face, and there have been times, I, I'm not concerned about it. There have been t- When we get to the other side, we will know who victory belongs to. We will know because Jesus is so fair, Okay? But we will be known in the earth because of God being with us. And so I want to say there's a prayer in this uh, announcement sheet. Probably haven't said half the things I was planning to say, but never mind. Breaking forth is one area. Decreeing is another. We are in a different level of warfare, a different level of understanding of who God is. Please, when you go home and you're on your own, just remember, what do I want to decide? You know, it's a very weighty thing to think about what God has given you to do. It's very weighty. So it isn't like being expectant in January and then in February decreeing. There's a whole lot of other stuff that happens just try to keep giving you an overview because I feel a responsibility as the quote mother of this house to see you come in and not see your soul in torment. God has planned great things. That is a tick on the box. That's a given. Worry is not part of God's plan. He's got a plan to unveil bit by bit the journey. So each month as we do a prayer thought in here, it's kind of like a confession or a declaration. And why don't you just stand up for a minute and the worshipers come and we'll just close with this. Because I wrote for February, Father, we ask you in Jesus' name to develop our understanding of the life plans you have for us. And for the coming generations, because it isn't just us. It's the generations who are coming now, who are watching us. We pray that we will align with what procedures produce your kind of life, whatever it's going to take to produce the God kind of life. Listen, I don't want 
to do some of the things I do. I don't like doing some of the things I do, but I do it in obedience and respect for God, for God's word, with respect to my husband, respect to the people I work with, the people God's put in my life. I respect them. And I ask God, hey, I want all that relationship redeemed. We haven't always respected the people we've been in relationship with, but we have to redeem it. I want you to deal with my heart. So you'll find every month, and I didn't know when I wrote this I was going to be speaking about declaring, but we pray pray to align with what produces the God kind of life in you for your future and declare that we will welcome those bringing us refreshing. Welcome the people who are bringing you the strength. Huh? And proclaim, my blessings are on the way. Listen, when I stood in Covent Garden, the last thing on my mind was like, really, it was going to happen. But God wanted me to do that. I'm going to suggest to you this week, go to the place in the spirit, in the natural that frightens you, that's bigger than you, when we call our future into this season, what's the very thing that actually frightens you, makes you feel like, oh my gosh, you must have gone through some stuff writing your book. I know what I'm going through writing mine. I mean, it's like, God, bring us into the place of confrontation. Listen, there isn't a better husband or wife. There isn't a better situation. You know, confront what you have. If you don't confront things, I think it was Paula White taught me years ago, years and years ago, it will confront you. So I've learned that confrontation isn't bad. Just deal with it. Deal with it. If you're frightened that you feel like, well, I've been disfigured, I've messed up. Listen, I've made so many mistakes, so many blunders, but God's grace has come every time to help me back, to help me get back. Let's just pray and let's just thank him. Thank you, Father. You are doing a new thing. You are doing it suddenly. We thank you for the grace to do it. We declare and we decree. We decide. We decide. We're going to be bolder than we've ever been. My blessings of my destiny are on their way to me. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 